Welcome to the Medical Association of Georgia's award-winning top doc show. With more than 8,000 members who care for patients in every specialty and practice setting, MAG is the leading voice for physicians in Georgia. Go to mag.org to join MAG if you're a physician in Georgia. And thanks to Alliant Health Solutions for its support as a sponsor. Hey, everybody, it's C.W. Hall, your host here on the Medical Association of Georgia's Top Docs Radio Show. Thanks for sitting in with us today. If you've been watching the news at all, uh, I know you will have heard this topic come up. We're going to be getting into the dangers associated with vaping and e-cigarettes. Our guest is Dr. Justine Haneo. She's internal medicine and hospital medicine physician at Northside Hospital Forsyth, as well as Agape Chronic Care and Hospice Care's medical director, Parents Against Vaping E-Cigarettes Georgia representative, and a physician advisor for the student-led organization Vaping Attention to Prevention, or VA2P. Thanks for sitting in. Oh, thanks for having me. Well, as a hospitalist, working in the, that's that's where you do all your work. When I'm coming into the hospital, you're the physician kind of managing my care while I'm there. How did you get into the concept of vaping as a, as a topic that you wanted to act, be an activist for? Well, <clears throat> it was my kids. I have twin boys that are in high school. They're sophomores currently, and... I was just oblivious to everything. Um, I would see a few people vaping out on the street in these big clouds, but I wouldn't give it two thought. You know, I wouldn't. I would just look the other way. I was in my life, going to work, driving to work, taking my kids to soccer, and then my kids uh, were in middle school and in eighth grade. They started talking about vaping and coming back with stories. Wow, eighth that, grade. Eighth grade, and some, you know, sooner. Um, some kids are exposed a lot sooner than eighth grade, and they would come home and say that kids were vaping in the bathrooms um, they were charging their devices in classrooms and they just started looking into it and I was like wow you know that's crazy that kids are doing that and one thing you know we would talk every day and I didn't know anything about it I didn't even know it had nicotine at that point I I just thought it was I guess an electronic cigarette, but I didn't know what was in it. Mm -hmm. I didn't know anything. Uh, my kids um, chose it as their topic for the 2018 NPR Student Podcast Challenge, and they started researching it, and I would just went along with it, making sure they had um, good research, you know, uh, good links, and, um, you know, used uh, American Lung or American Heart or CDC data. I was making sure they were using appropriate um, uh, websites. And I started looking into it, and learning more about it and I was amazed at what was in the vapes and how many kids were using it um, so that's my story that's how I got into it that's how I got involved um, my kids um, were very motivated to continue doing work because a lot of kids were vaping and in high school it was even more so than in middle school when I think about, you know, I started seeing those uh, e-cigarettes emerge and there were things about it that I thought if, if you're going to have a, a vice, I, I, I thought, well, potentially it's better than smoking a cigarette, but I wondered about the chemicals in it, you know, and inhaling that into your lungs. So can you talk about, because I, I know that it's a little bit different than the e-cigarettes, but there was in the the THC CBD space, they had the, the series of deaths, for example, that were associated with, I think it was vitamin E that was being mm -hmm. added to those cartridges, but I'm sure there's some chemicals in those jewels and the e-cigarettes that these kids are getting access to that are problematic for your lungs as well. Yeah, so um, 
The problem is that there's currently 5.3 million youth uh, using e-cigarettes, and that's a 135% increase um, over the last two years. And what nicotine does, it affects the developing brain, it affects the cardiovascular system, it affects your lungs. Um, kids are coming in uh, with asthma exacerbations uh, in the outpatient setting. Um, there's more difficult to treat acute bronchitis associated with this. And when we say more difficult to treat, it requires longer courses of steroids. Um, there's severe nicotine addiction in teen groups, um, nicotine withdrawal in the classrooms, in the hospitals when teens are admitted for um, different you know, illnesses and they don't have their vape, they go through nicotine withdrawal, uh, which includes sweats, diarrhea, um, anxiety, tremors. Um, there was also, and that's not even um, getting to Evali, which is the e-cigarette and vaping acute lung injury. Um, that's not even, and there's also been, uh, for example, pneumothorax admissions. Um, I know uh, I have a close friend that her son uh, started vaping uh, using Juul at the age of 16, and at the age of 17, he had collapsed lungs. Um, first, the right, the left one collapsed, then the right one. So basically, he had bilateral collapsed lungs due to uh, vaping. Was he due coughing to, that caused a yeah, well, kind of blowout, if you will? Or? What would cause the collapsed lung? It's more of like inflammation and irritation from the chemicals damaging your lungs. And um, his reaction was a collapsed lung. Mm. Um, he ended up having five chest tubes. Um, surgery uh, required stapling of his lungs to the chest wall, and um, and he has to live with this and and the anxiety and emotional stress that that goes along with this. As a physician that's caring for those patients as they come into the hospital, are you starting to see yourself patients who have got this as a component of their issues? Um, well, we, well, I do more of um, the hospital medicine, internal medicine, but we have had patients with Evali in the critical care in the ICU. And Evali uh, patients present with just symptoms that very nonspecific, some a little bit of shortness of breath, some nausea, headache, and then it progresses to severe shortness of breath, coughing. Uh, some of these patients require oxygen via nasal cannula, steroids, and nebulizer treatments. Those uh, others progress to uh, needing all that plus intubation where the, you ha the vent is breathing for you, and some even present worse and would need um, ECMO, which is extracorporeal membrane oxygenation and that's basically dialysis for your lungs right so when you look at the population that are using the e-cigarettes and vapes um, I can see where adults who are smokers maybe think they're making a more healthy choice by transitioning away from smoking cigarettes to an e-cigarette what about in that youthful group the the teens that are trying it out I mean are they similar or are they getting more exposed to just advertising that's effective for their group well there were and the numbers say there were 20 let me see what the numbers here in 2011 15.8% of teens reported using e-cigarettes while 1.5% used I mean so 11 15.8% reported regular cigarettes in 2011 e-cigarettes 1.5% so together that was about 17.3% of teens were e using either product in 2011 today we have 27.5% of teens using e-cigarettes and 5.8% using regular cigarettes 
So the number, so that's 33.3% now are using these products. There's been mm-hmm. a jump from 17.3% in 2011 to 33.3% of teens using these products. There's been an increase of 93% in use. Um, and e-cigarettes, these numbers show that e-cigarettes are attracting youth and teens that would never have been smokers and that are now e-cigarette users mm-hmm. and addicted to nicotine. I can I can see how that would happen. It's not nearly as unpleasant to consume it that way and then if you get that easy almost you know, painless yeah. dosing no real coughing I don't think at least the people I've watched right. don't really seem to have a problem with it I can see how you would really get to where you're very addicted to the nicotine dose yeah it's it's wildly addictive um, they're being targeted you know Juul was the first one but it's not going to be the last that targeted uh, teens it's basically a Pandora's box and more and more of these companies are coming out different names more flavors um, they're being targeted through the use of candy fruit minty flavors. Um, Jewel actually went into schools and showed their product into high schools in New York and said, this is safer than cigarettes. And this is the reason why Parents Against Vaping E-Cigarettes, PAVE, was started. It was started by, it's a grassroots organization started by three concerned moms. And what started all this is Jewel going into their son's Surprising. high school wow. and show and saying Jewel is safer than cigarettes and actually brought products and showed it to them. Based on the, the statistics you were sharing, it sounds like it is possible to move away from cigarettes to this as the way that you're consuming your nicotine, but I don't know that that's a doesn't seem like that's progress because it sounds like based on that it also expands my use so I it's almost expanding the problem rather than being a good thing in the teen population the youth and young adult population it's expanding the problem I understand that it was first brought out as a, a way to help smokers transition and quit um, but it's almost being like a switch device switching to that right. and it's not it hasn't been fully tested it's not fully regulated um, it's basically chemicals that we are that people are inhaling and we don't know what these chemicals are and what the repercussions could be it sounds like the the, from the regulatory perspective, they're trying to really crack down on flavors that can be offered um, and advertising the way they go about it to, to tackle the, the issue of putting it in front of kids. But, I mean, are, are, how, are they, how well are we doing as it relates to the, the issue at schools? Well, n- it's actually not well at all. Um, the, these companies are, are marketing to youth in social media where we sites that we don't really yeah. appeal to us. Um, they're paying influencers and, con- and content creators $5,500 a month. Um, Jewel spent $200,000, um, I don't know, one of the years, I don't have the data in front of me, uh, paying these content creators and influencers to use their vape um, and take hits throughout their entire stream. So all these, um, it's social media advertising that we're not seeing, that adults that we, these sites we don't go to. And um, they're, while, while they're streaming, playing video games, they're constantly using using their jewels. And to go back on the flavors, um, the current flavor plan that the FDA um, rolled out, it only affects closed systems like Juul. Uh, and that means they're not refillable. And they... Um, 
are prohibiting flavors in Juul closed systems, in the closed systems like Juul, except menthol. All the other systems, all the open systems that can be refillable, like Sorin, um, Puff Bar, they're not included. These are very popular with kids. There's disposables, (laughs) uh, Puff Bar, Moho, Stig, and Pop that are disposables that have all these flavors. There's 15,500 flavors out there. Unicorn Poop, uh, Booger, Sugar, Sugar Booger, um, all these names that attract youth and all these flavors that are still available and in disposables that as cheap as 99 cents and some dollar stores even sell them. As you started doing this project alongside your your uh, your young children that were doing the research project, I mean, d- talking about it a little bit, did you find that in their own experience, how, from a peer pressure perspective, are people really encouraging each other? Come on, man, try it out; it's really good. Or yes, they have been. Um, it's just it's hard to say no. Like they said, you know, in, in social settings at parties, um, it's almost like if a group is doing it, you, you're not cool if you don't do it. You know, that still happens, or you feel left out if you're not in with this social group. So there is still some, there is some peer pressure involved. What are the best advices that, that you're hearing as it relates to the groups that that are trying to tackle this issue? How, what's the best advice for how to engage with your children and family members that you care about to try to help? So education, you have to educate parents and adults first because we are, we know nothing about this. You know, they, the kids know more than us. Um, Educate the kids uh, and most importantly, you know, ban the flavors. Um, The flavors, um, research from Stanford, research from Yale has shown that they hook kids. And that's one important thing that we should go towards banning all flavors, including menthol. And most importantly, parents should start talking to their kids and not assume that they're not using e cigarettes talk to them in a in, you know in a in a way that's not punitive and not um, demanding uh, more open uh, open conversation and um, there are ways that can be you know that there's websites that can help uh, parents against vaping e-cigarettes has a toolkit a parent toolkit they have uh, parent testimonials that have been through this um, and you can go through that you can reach out to them for help um, they also um, you know the toolkit you know the toolkit help, helps a lot with parents against vaping e-cigarettes so that's one important website that I think would be very helpful for parents to go to and they list out other resources as well if I want to try to engage and be active in the process, I mean, is this something at the state level, reaching out to lawmakers, or are we trying to focus at the federal level with reaching out to um, people? Who should the local, we Yeah, so um, at the state capitol here in Georgia, we have several bills coming out that are basically enforcing um, Tobacco 21, uh, making sure that there's licensing for uh, retailers, which is very important. Um, and that will limit the amount that youth um, youth can get their hands on, uh, because um, there's some retailers that are not checking IDs, and by making sure that licenses are required to sell these products, at least the retailer um, has some uh, punitive charge. If they don't, if they do not check ID, they may lose their license, so they're more apt to follow the law. Um, at the federal level, it's very important to get involved at the federal level. There's HR 2339 in Congress right now, and it's the Reversing the Youth Epidemic Act of 2019 
And that's very important to call in and talk to your representative and make sure they're supporting it. Um, it's basically banning flavors, including menthol, which will improve public health as a whole and help the youth epidemic and minimize um, the amount of these products that are attractive to youth. It's, it sounds like if, if this is your vice, you need to be trying to quit this just about as much as, as smoking a cigarette. Well, if you're an adult and... It, for right now, if you are a, if you transition from traditional cigarettes to e-cigarettes, don't do dual use. Um, that can be very harmful. Um, if you're using e-cigarettes only, don't go back to traditional cigarettes. Continue using e-cigarettes with the goal of stopping and try to quit. A lot more research is needed. We didn't see the effects of tobacco for 10, 20, 30 years down the road. And with the chemicals that we're seeing now that are in e-cigarettes, we expect to see mm -hmm. um, COPD, heart disease, and cancer in the future, but it's gonna take years to get there. With nicotine being one of the primary <clears throat> things that gets me hooked in these devices, does the typical, like, if I have a nicotine patch, it's still gonna work for me potentially to re relieve some of those cravings if I'm oh, trying yeah, to Oh, absolutely. What we recommend is if you wanna quit smoking, you go to nicotine patches, gums, um, medications like Chantix, um, therapy with a licensed professional, but we it's not recommended to use e-cigarettes to quit smoking. But if you're already transitioned to e-cigarettes, don't go back to traditional cigarettes. Continue using e-cigarettes with the end point of trying to quit. And it reminds me, um, in a pack of cigarettes, there's 20 cigarettes. Each, each cigarette has one milligram of nicotine. So that's 20 milligrams in one pack of cigarettes. One Juul pod has 41.5 milligrams. So that's two packs of cigarettes. A, um, I believe a fix has, um, a fix pod has 75 milligrams and a Soren has 91 milligrams. So Soren, one pod of Soren is equivalent to one pack of cigarettes. One Juul pod is equivalent to two packs of cigarettes. So the amounts, if you look at a kid that's 14, 15, they can go through a Juul pod a lot quicker than one pack of cigarettes. And one Juul pod is equivalent to two packs of cigarettes. So just imagine the high amounts of nicotine that are being, that are entering a developing body with developing organs, developing brain. They have nicotine receptors everywhere. We have acetylcholine receptors everywhere. And the nicotine um, attaches to these acetylcholine receptors, releasing dopamine in the brain and causing other uh, other things in, in the in your other organs so this is a lot of nicotine so how much nicotine no is too much and right. when we don't know we need studies we don't know what the causes are well you mentioned um, a website and i know national jewish has some information you want to share real quickly for yeah the so national jewish has a um it launched a vaping and tobacco cessation program to help the vaping epidemic truth initiative has a lot of information it also has a texting app that helps you and can, helps you quit and, and encourages you to quit um, again parents against vaping e-cigarettes if you need resources information um, also vaping attention to prevention the student-led organization um, they're starting they're they're trying to start clubs all across high schools to encourage and increase awareness on the harmful effects of vaping and e-cigarettes um, on a peer-to-peer -peer level, which I think is very powerful as well. When your peer tells you, you may you're more apt to listen than what an adult tells you. Certainly eye-opening uh, with what you've shared today. I, there was several elements about it I, I haven't followed too closely. Uh, so uh -huh. surprising to to learn one the dose that you're getting in these uh, devices, and especially when you trans 
transpose that over the youthful group that's really getting into it. It's and they're doing it all day. Like when yeah. when we were growing up, if you were a smoker, you could sneak in two, three <laughs> cigarettes a day if yeah. you're lucky because you're hiding and the smell. You can hide your jewel pot in your pillow and you can hit it all night. You can all day on your weekends. You can do it at church, in the bathroom, in the classroom, everywhere. So it's there. It's a lot of nicotine that these kids are getting. Very surprising, and we hope you turn around and share the show today after you check it out, because clearly um, your children are probably going to be getting uh, exposed to it and trying these devices out, and with that kind of dose of nicotine, it's you're, you're kind of up against the, the wall a little bit with regards to your likelihood of becoming addicted to it with such a high dose, so we're hoping you'll turn around and, and put this back out to your social media platforms. Uh, if you haven't done so already, make sure you check out mag on facebook and twitter they're also out on linkedin as well so sincere thanks to dr Hino for joining us today and we look forward to catching up with you next time we'll see you then thanks for watching this episode of top docs please share this program with your colleagues and family and friends remember to follow mag on facebook and twitter and don't forget, you can get past episodes of the show at mag.org backslash topdocs. From everybody at MAG, we look forward to catching up with you on our next episode of Top Docs.